guest does so much. It would take me a half an hour to introduce him with all the accolades and titles, but why not? He's a great lawyer, great politician back in the day. He served as the county executive, 7th, I do believe, in Suffolk County. Uh, even made a nod for governor uh, at one time as far as a party switcheroo there. Uh, he was an assembly way back in the day. That's when I knew him. And his name, of course, is Steve Levy. We should also say does a great job, Common Sense Strategies. He puts out some great, great uh, work. He's got a newspaper. Is there any? you got a newspaper in the works, too. Levy, is there anything you're not working on right now? Are you going to pitch for the Yankees? We might be able to use you there this upcoming. I'm working on it. I'm involved in a, a trade to be announced later, so we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to keep on top of you on that one, pal. Uh, lots of going on. I don't even know where to start. I guess a potpourri of topics. I'll start. You choose and whatnot. But let's start with the county. You were a county executive. Can you imagine your systems being out for over three months and everything else? Now, listen, we didn't really have a lot of hacking back in the day when you were there. But uh, could you even fathom what uh, what uh, is going on right now within the county? Although they just got their parking ticket violation bureau back online and whatnot. But, gee, Steve, you're going yeah. on four months here now. Yeah, it's uh, really scary. I mean, uh, it, it was hard enough trying to get somebody on the line in government, you know, during COVID. And then when this uh, hacking occurred, it was like almost complete shutdown. But... Uh, I'll tell you, Jay, government was so slow uh, during these COVID years that I didn't see much of a difference even after the collapse, uh, you know, of this system. Though it is very frightening because uh, people's IDs have been disclosed uh, to these hackers, possibly their social security numbers, thousands of people who are employees or people within the system. And, uh, you know, there's investigations going on right now. And while we understand that these things can happen to big and small places, you would think that an entity with 10,000 employees and a $3 billion budget would have the safeguards in place to ensure that this doesn't happen or if there's an attempt that is going to be a quick turnaround to shut it down fast. But Evidently, that didn't happen, and they'll have to find out why. And, you know, there is an investigation going on with uh, legislator Anthony Piccarello leading the charge. So we'll see where that leads. Plenty of uh, pieces of information I received uh, from uh, from sources. And, you know, it just tells me a lot of it is negligence, you know, that went on. And, I, you know, corroborate the stories and whatnot. But a lot of it is negligence where, you know, maybe you could have, you know, done something about it way back, going back six seven months prior but that's something that will well, come the, out the, go ahead yeah. yeah the interesting thing is that there, there was actually even legislation that had been passed by uh sponsored by legislator anchor who's a uh, regular on the show uh, some of these shows and uh, uh it wasn't carried out it, it was noted that there should be periodic regular checkups and reports issued on our vulnerabilities and apparently someone was asleep at the sh- switch and wasn't even following through with that law. So had it been followed through, would it have been caught? Very possibly. We'll see what the investigation holds. Hey, uh, my guess, this, uh, these past elections, uh, you know, the one you've written about one-party rule, Steve. I've read uh, yeah. your Common Sense Strategies, which is phenomenal. I recommend it uh, to everybody. Uh, one-party rule is devastating. You know, we, we've seen it on the national stage, the trickle-down as far as the state. 
locally as well over the years. It just doesn't work. You don't accomplish anything. There's no question. Well, guess what? We got the old switcheroo in the House. Chamber wins it uh, in the Senate. You know, we've seen it locally in Suffolk County as far as a little bit of a switch there. And hopefully good things to come, but that's what you need. The one-party rule we know it is, especially in Albany. Yeah. You know, m- most people, um, you know, people always ask me, are you Democrat, you're Republican? Senator? I say I'm, I'm, I'm a Republican. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fiscally conservative and socially moderate. And you know what, Jay? That's where 80% of America's population lies. You know, uh, uh, they don't want their money wasted. Uh, they, they, by the same token, they don't want government telling them what they do in their bedrooms or this or that. So they, they want they want their balance. And uh, now what you have um, is, is the extremes that are controlling both parties. And because of uh, cable television that... Uh, it, it's no longer Walter Cronkite news where you all sit down and get the same news at 6.30 every night, right? It's either harsh conservative news or harsh liberal news, and you get this filtered news. You're seeing the same thing over and over again, and you don't see the other side of it. And add to that the, the redistricting, gerrymandering garbage that now has legislators fearing loss in a primary more than in a general election they veer to the left if they're Democrats, and they veer to the right if they're Republicans. And when you get this, you know, uh, the, the one-party rule, like you had in, in the government in Washington two years prior, you know, crazy stuff comes out of there. You know, they, they do away with the border. They allow crime to go crazy. They take us from being uh, an energy-independent biggest producer of, of energy in the world to be independent on our enemies. They give us a, a, a record spending bill that makes the dollar worthless and inflation going up at 8%. Uh, you need checks and balances, right? And we haven't had that going into the next two years. Uh, you will have that check and balance, which is a healthy thing. Inflation, 15 year high. Inflation, excuse me, the interest rates, 15 year high. Uh, Powell didn't give us any great news saying inflation will carry over into 23. Uh, thus, what we're looking at on Wall Street the last couple of days. Uh, you know, you're looking at inflation overall, what, 7-1? Washington's having a party because it was not over 9 in June. Gas prices were 502 mm-hmm. back on the 3rd of June. Everybody's having a party right now with uh, 328 on the national average, still as high as could be. You go to the grocery store, it's still costing you a zillion dollars. You know, everywhere else. And yet, you know, somehow, some way, uh, we get pats on the back from this current administration. You got a border crisis beyond belief. Title Forty Two ex- expires on Wednesday. I mean, I'm not bringing you a lot of good news this Christmas and Hanukkah season. The fact of the nope. matter is, it's failed to recognize. And again, common sense. What you write about, what I talk about on a daily basis, is not being implemented here. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of the things I write about, uh, people could see in this uh, new newspaper that uh, uh, I'm publishing along with uh, John Zare from uh, uh, PRMG in Patchogue, your public relations firm. And uh, it's gonna, it comes out every other week in a flip form. And if they just go to lilifepolitics.com, they'll be able to see it and uh, sign up with us and uh, get our paper that comes out. And they'll be able to read all the local news and commentary with this type of perspective and you know what you were saying is you know powell tightening the screws on on uh, with the fed 
Well, that's going to continue until, you know, the Fed sees an acknowledgement, at least, from the administration that, hey, you know, we've got to stop the spending. But the unfortunate thing with the midterms the other uh, week, uh, Jay, is that you would think that the, you know, the, the president would say, okay, we've been spending too much money, we've been doing some crazy things with our border, we've been losing our energy independence, we're going to shift. Clinton shifted, you know, uh, most people, Reagan shifted, and things aren't going well, you know, you shift. But what did uh, President Biden say? Oh, we're going to stay the course. Uh, I, there's no, I'm not going to change anything. Absolutely nothing was his, was his comment. So you got the Fed there saying, well, he just spent trillions of dollars. It caused this tremendous inflation. We first want to see a recognition that you understand the correlation between reckless spending and inflation. And there's no recognition of it from the administration. And that's a scary, scary thing. But now with the Republicans taking the House, they will not be able to spend recklessly. Well, though Republicans often do sometimes, just like the Democrats do, they wink and nod and log roll. But it's going to be a lot tougher to get this real far crazy left-wing stuff through. So maybe that'll temper costs going forward. But it's all a matter of spending crazy amounts of money that they have to stop. It's reckless. $31 trillion national debt, Steve. Build back better left and right here. I mean, really, there's uh, no uh, breaks being put on in all this stuff. You know, I understand the aid and everything else. To Ukraine, well, I question somewhat now. You're over $16 billion, $17 billion there, no end in sight. Uh, you can't let Russia have their way. Something has to give here. But when you spend recklessly, this is what occurs. And thus, Powell having to make a movie, he doesn't see any end in sight. Thus, the very bleak outlook to start 23 and will carry over most of the year. And that's what you've seen on Wall Street over the last couple of days, down a 1,000 points as we speak or so. Yeah, you know, it's got to follow the basics. You know, I write about this uh, in articles uh, from my Center for Cost-Effective Government. We're a, a fiscally conservative think tank, and we, you know, educate the public as to the examples of government waste and uh, uh, reasons why Long Island and New York are so expensive to live in. And you got to follow the basics, but now there's this, this this feeling amongst many in government that, oh, deficits don't matter. You know, we've had deficits for so long. What does it matter? We're still here. But, you know, we've, we reached a point a couple of years ago where the deficit was like $3 billion, $3 trillion, excuse me. That's the size of the entire uh, uh, United States uh, budget for the year. The deficit was as big as the budget. It's absolutely crazy. So then because the COVID expenditures, which were so large in one year, didn't repeat themselves the next year, you still had a deficit of like a, a trillion, two trillion dollars, and they're bragging, they're popping champagne corks saying, oh, the deficit is down. Yeah, well, it went from a record three trillion dollars to a record two trillion dollars, and you're bragging about it? This is scary stuff. This, this debt that you talked about, uh, uh, Jake, you know, $31 trillion, the debt service, that is the interest that you have to pay each year in the budget, is now such a huge percentage of the budget that it's drowned out everything else in the budget. There's no discretionary part of the budget left. It's all Social Security, Medicare, and uh, Medicaid, and then you've got uh, interest on the debt. It's, it's very frightening for our children, and they have to get control over it.
frightening is it for the federal government to be suing one of its own states, Arizona, as far as what they're trying to do? They're trying to hold off these migrants. You got Title 42 uh, ending in a couple of days. You got zillions of people more that'll be coming in. Look at El Paso, an absolute disaster. Fentanyl coming in like Swiss cheese, killing two, three hundred people a day. Steve, there's, there's, it, it's reckless. That to me is reckless at the top of the charts. You want to talk about the economy and everything else and all the spending going into Washington? It's happening at the border where president goes to the cactus state last week, doesn't go to the border. You got a czar who's absent completely on everything. You got Mayorkas, the secretary of Homeland Security, down there supposedly checking out a suicide because these agents can't do their jobs properly. Lies to you left and right. My goodness. I mean, this to me is at the top of the charts. It absolutely is, and it's going to be our cover story for our newspaper, Long Island Life and Politics, this week. And again, if people want to get it, uh, they can just um, go uh, www.lilifepolitics.com, um, and they'll be able to read about our take on this. And understand, Jay, that this debacle at the border, it's not incompetence. It's not by accident. This is by design. Uh, you know, I, I was always a big critic of illegal immigration, pro-legal immigration, but against illegal immigration. And I had said early on that, you know, both Democrats and Republicans were responsible for this. Uh, the Republicans for many years, and it's ended now, but they look the other way because they like the cheap labor for their friends in business, right? But the Democrats saw this as, wow. We're going to bring millions and millions of people over from these other countries, uh, mostly Hispanic, and we see by the demographics that they vote three to one Democrat. Even now, where Republicans are making some headway with Hispanics, it's still two to one that Hispanics are voting for Democrats. So make no mistake, Joe Biden had this in mind from the start. He said it himself during the campaign, we're going to pre provide for a surge at the border. They've destroyed all of the safeguards that the Trump administration had put in place, and it worked. We brought down illegal immigration to its lowest levels. The Remain in Mexico policy was a great thing. It was working. You were stopping catch and release, so you had it fixed. Joe Biden comes in, and what does he do? He says, we're going to purposefully undo all this. We'll take the hit short term. We'll bring in millions and millions of people, and then what do they want? They want amnesty, and they want a path to citizenship so that they can vote. That's why you have some of these formerly red states, like Georgia and Arizona, turning purple. This is the master plan. And when they say, we we need comprehensive immigration reform, ask, what does that mean? It's really just amnesty plus billions of dollars for some drones at the border. You don't have to do that to control the border. Just do what was working before Joe Biden came in. They solved the problem. This is all on purpose. It's a travesty. I think it's actually an impeachable offense because you have a duty to uphold the sovereignty of the nation, and they're failing to do it, but it's not by accident. It's on purpose, Jay. And I mentioned, but not Pennsylvania, I meant Georgia, especially what happened with Warnock, Trump back, Horace Walk in the beginning, Arizona, Kemp, uh, handily taken out, uh, taken in as far as another round, the governor uh, down in Georgia. Uh, in Arizona, we saw Ducey out, definitely going purple there. Uh, Kelly over Lake, we know another Trump back. Uh, candidate. And speaking of Trump, he comes out with these cards. I spoke about it prior to you coming on. Uh, you know, you're looking at 24 right now. I don't think he has the same aura that he had going down that escalator in 15. Mm-hmm. 
DeSantis is not announcing anytime soon. Uh, and right now, you know, you, br- you bring up, and I'll listen, when all said and done, I've still stated Biden's going to be the worst president ever slated in this country. Maybe he's come Agreed. back a trifle, uh, but not, you know, to the likes of, you know, Calvin Coolidge back in the days, Great Depression, that type of thing. But I think when it's all said and done, he will be the worst president we have ever seen in this nation. With that being said, do you expect him, as he has stated, that he will run? His wife saying he's all, she's all in. I don't think he will run, to be quite frank with you. I don't think he will. Be 82, he'll finish up at 86. I see a mm-hmm. decline massively. I'm not joking regarding a cognitive sense. It's obvious. Uh, I don't know who's replacing him. Is it Gavin Newsom? Is it Buttigieg with a free flight? going <laughs> well, to Portugal funny. during a rail strike as well on vacation. That, look, that was a good look for him. So, in essence, I don't know the re- Republicans right now. You know, I, I say DeSantis Scott is a winning ticket. We'll see. Do you expect Trump to run in 24 as scheduled? And give me your thoughts on Biden for eight for 24. You know, Sure. I, I wrote an article. You know, I get a lot of my articles published, like Washington Examiner. Uh, um, by the way, they'll be publishing my article on why Republicans should not support amnesty. That's going to be published on Tuesday. Um, you know, in Newsmax and a number of other forms. I wrote an article for Newsmax uh, a couple of, uh, a year ago, actually right after the presidential election. We saying, well, Trump will be back in four years. That not so fast. You don't know that yet uh, because what's going to happen is people republicans are going to look at what the polls are and if they and, and trump has always been a very polarizing figure who could never expand his base so he always had that feeling of you know 42 percent occasionally pop up to high 40s but he was a low 40s type of president where uh, biden is now maybe a little bit more and um you know republican primary people are going to say oh i'm looking at this poll uh Trump loses to Biden in a rematch. DeSantis or any other Republican beats him by seven points. I'm going to go with practicality, which is what Democrats did with Biden, who was not their first choice back in 2020, but they wanted someone who could beat Trump. So now you're right back at this again. Now, will Biden run again next year? Excuse me, in 2024? I would have said definitely not before the midterms. Now he's feeling emboldened. And the other thing is, there's nothing on the bench there. They have a horrible bench. You would figure, all right, get out of the way, Joe, so we could have uh, Kamala Harris come in. She's awful. She's a worse politician than he is. Buttigieg? We have Gavin Newsom. Let's see. There's a guy who destroyed San Francisco, destroyed California. Hey, here's a great idea. Let's make him president so we could destroy the United States even further. This they, uh, beyond, they you know, I mean, there. my goodness. And you can't get any worse, I'll tell you. It's a, it is not a good feel. Did you at any time feel Lee Zeldin could defeat Kathy Hochul? Um, I love Lee. He ran the greatest campaign you'd ever see for governor. But I always knew from the start it was going to be extremely difficult. And it's just the demographics. Look, you introduced me earlier, Jay, as a guy who ran, you know, possibly. For possibly to be governor in 2010, and I thought I actually had a shot there, an outside shot as an underdog, but maybe I do really well on Long Island, I do really well upstate, and I try to mitigate the damage in the city as a conservative Democrat. But um, things have been gotten worse since then for Republicans. You know, upstate New York used to have a big uh, Republican vote there. You had Kodak, you had IBM, you had all of these big uh, 
companies where Republicans would go to work, they're all gone. You know, the white middle class has fled upstate. We have the highest exodus of of, of people in the nation going to Florida, et cetera. They're usually the conservative Republicans leaving. And, and, and what do you have left? What are the jobs? People are working for uh, the state. They work for correctional facilities, a state university, a school, a public hospital. Those people tend to be Democrat. Or they're, they're, they're drug addiction is big up there now. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot of people in disability. So it's not like you had that bit, have that big bastion of red votes up there. It's almost impossible for a Republican to win statewide. I thought if there was a year, it would be this year, but still couldn't do it. There's still a seven point margin, despite Lee Zeldin running one of the greatest races we've ever seen. The, the, on the other side, if it wasn't for his great run, I don't think Republicans would have picked up four congressional seats. So it kind of balanced out in that way. Listen, he was like Jim Brown on the Dirty Dozen, dropping those grenades down those wells, hopping on that truck, at least trying to, before being shot down. He's responsible. Look what happened in three and four congressional. As far as Desposito and Santos taking out those. uh, Listen, Swazi was there as a staple in the third. Kathleen Rice in the fourth. And and look at stuff around the country. No question he was a hero of the chamber. That being said, though, did he make mistakes? Should there be have been more vocal disengagement with Trump? Supreme Court stuff and abortion, I thought, hurt him too. Not being firmly planted as far as explanation was because we know about the codified laws and everything else. Maybe he could have done a better job regarding that. Maybe he could have done a better job as far as disengagement from Trump. Listen, Trump, we know what happened. A lot of these candidates has mentioned. Could he have done a little better job in that regard or no? Listen, every candidate who ever ran for something has made mistakes. Um, but in these cases, it was like 90% the right thing. He did everything he could. Um, I, I think that, you know, there was some problem being associated too closely to Trump. Um, I think, you know, a guy like Garbarino, who, you know, takes some shots from within his, his own, the, the far right wing of his party, showed a little more independence. He was cruising. Uh, to re-election. So, you know, this is a state that really doesn't like Trump. It's a very heavily Democratic state. But, you know, Lee was true to his principles as far as that goes. But listen, with abortion, I wrote uh, some articles on this. One was published in the Washington Times saying, you know, uh, this, and I said this back in May when the leak came out about the decision. I said, this red wave is going to turn into a trickle if Republicans don't handle this well. And I don't think the Republican Party nationwide handled it well. What they should have been saying is, look, we should do a swap with the Democrats where uh, they agree with us to end abortion in the last trimester, which most people are opposed with. And we won't make hay, we won't make waves with the first trimester where people overwhelmingly want that option. So, you know, if the Republicans are continued to be seen as the party that is, you know, going to try to end uh, a choice or, or, or in, in the early months, they're going to have a hard time, especially with the younger generation. If it wasn't for the abortion issue, I think that Republicans would be the majority party in the nation. Remember earlier I said most people are fiscally conservative and socially moderate. This goes right to that. The one thing that's really hurt Republican. I'm not saying Republicans should give up their principles on this, but I think they have to be a little more compromising and moderate to understand that the best way to limit abortions 
is to stop all of these crazy Democrats from getting elected. So have a platform where you're seeming reasonable to the, to the independents who swing elections. Get elected as Republicans, and you'll be able to put in measures that could end abortion in the ninth month like they have here in New York, where it's absolutely crazy. The clock, but you know, I said way back, even from that June decision, even going back Roe v. Wade in the seventies. Listen to me, the Supreme Court is there to read laws, not write them, Steve. And that's how you know that's how it should be. And then we've kind of you know we've kind of uh, altered the route somewhat of the Supreme Court, conservative uh, in nature, no question. But still, you know, it's about the uh, you know it's about the culture of the court from way back. I think that's changed in a big way. Well, the thing I write about the court quite a bit, and one of the things I, I write about often is uh, John Roberts, who's one of my least favorite um, uh, justices ever. Um, I, I actually have more respect for a sharp liberal like uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I, I, I despise her decisions because she's so crazy on some of her decisions. But at least that was her gut. That was her ideology. With Roberts, I feel there's no ideology. He just like picks a position based upon how will the court look on this uh, and he had a terrible decision on Obamacare where it, it would otherwise have not gone into effect but he punted so he didn't want the because he didn't want the court to look bad then he did it again with immigration he did it with election law he's refused to take up the issues of of fraud and the irregularities that ha- that were uh, uh, implemented by secretaries of state and governors unilaterally without legislative approval uh, people say oh the courts rejected they didn't reject it they just refused to decide on the issues but this is Roberts he doesn't like to take a position and or he, when he does take a position he fudges the outcome so that it fits his perception of how the court should look I think it's terrible but uh, if you go to my website at believe.info you'll see hordes of articles that I write about the Supreme Court on, on this type of issue. So again, I would tell people, look at our website, www.lipolitics.com, to check out all of these kind of things uh, in the future. And nobody better than Steve when he writes about the Supreme Court. He really is uh, really is spot on, a lot of this stuff. One last word on the publication everything else. Very exciting stuff going on here with PRMG and everything else. Where can people find it now? Yeah, again, uh, go go onto the website, uh, lipolitics.com. Uh, and uh, I should note that we're going to be in partnership with uh, Long Island News Radio. Uh, you know, New- LI News Radio is that alternative outlet for people who just don't want to hear the same old liberal perspective on the news. They can have a diff- different outlet with the radio. We're going to have that with uh, the print editions that we have, the digital editions, and we're going to be um, working with each other to build that audience for folks. Sounds good. That's how we do it here on the morning show, I'll tell you that much. Common sense stuff as well. Uh, Mr. Steve Levy, doing it all. He's got uh, so many balls in the air, I don't even know where to go. But he's a great <laughs> lawyer, too, for the following folks of uh, Campolo, Middleton, McCormick. We should point that. Always a pleasure. Let's not have these gaps anymore, right? 